A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Tony Kaizen, and you're listening to another episode of Life in English. I gotta be honest with you, man. Um, I had an entire episode planned for today. But um, I was going over it and the, the way I want to present it to you just isn't right. It's just not quite there yet. So I want to let you know now this episode really, I mean, I'm just, just going to be talking. Just rambling you know what I'm saying whatever I think of is what I'm going to talk about and uh the first thing I want to talk about is something that I was talking about probably going to say talking a lot in this episode um something I was talking about with a friend of mine earlier today because uh he's from Brazil I'm from the U.S. and he was listening to a podcast I did with my sister and we were talking about smoking weed and apparently it was like in a really open way and he was kind of surprised by that because where he comes from it's not really something you do like it's, you don't publicize you don't advertise the fact that you smoke weed you know it's still super illegal seen as like a a hard drug right but here depending on where you're from you know yeah depending on where you're from I guess and how you were raised, weed is just like drinking alcohol or smoking cigarettes or shit. In some places, it's like smoking, I mean, uh, drinking coffee, you know? So I can't speak for the entire country of the United States when it comes to what's the, what's the national opinion on weed. I can't speak to that. But I can say... And at least 12, but it's probably more than that now. In at least 12 states, it's legal uh, medicinally. And then in a few, it's legal recreationally too. Recreationally as well. Um, I don't know. In some states, you can literally go to jail for, you know, months to years for possession of enough weed. In other states, you can fucking grow the shit in your backyard. So... Uh, it depends on where you are, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not just talking about the the legal aspects of weed, but also the the cultural aspect of it, because smoking weed really has become a part not of just not just of American culture, but worldwide, you know. Um like just I mean, we grow up smoking I've been smoking weed since I was fifteen, so I'm 24 now, you know what I'm saying? So it was just, it wasn't something foreign to me. And if you ask me, you can attribute that world, not just not just me smoking weed, but so many people countrywide or nationwide, I mean, and worldwide, 
you can attribute that to hip hop music, like so many other things. You know, you can attribute that to Snoop Dogg, who, I, if I'm not mistaken, was like the f one of the first people to like talk about smoking weed, rap about smoking weed. You know what I'm saying? And from there, it just trickled down through all the channels. You know what I'm saying? I think hip hop music really popularized that. Nobody, it wasn't really cool or okay to be like, yeah, I smoke weed and this is cool before Snoop Dogg, right? I don't think so. I don't know. I'm not a hip hop historian, but I don't think there was anybody before him. I don't know if Cheech and Chong came before Snoop, but they weren't rappers. They didn't make music, did they? I don't know. I was living in California in, back in 2013. 2013 to 2015. And it was legal to smoke weed as long as you had a doctor's recommendation. And to get a doctor's recommendation, all you needed was a pulse, like a heartbeat. You know what I'm saying? You walk into this office, like this rented office space with hardly any walls and some, some fold-out chairs in the waiting room. The dude takes your blood pressure. Uh, he tests your reflexes. Checks, uh, uses the fucking stethoscope to check your heartbeat. He told me that I should ingest weed and not smoke it because that's healthier. You know, you're not supposed to smoke. And then he's, he sent me on my way. Ten minutes later, I paid, what was it? 45 for the recommendation which is like this official letter had the official seal on it and shit the doctor's signature and then 15 for the id card which is what i would show at the weed clinics is what they call them which is basically like 7-eleven for marijuana and that's what you show to get in and you know just go buy some weed it was normal you know it was just it was part of the culture it was part of the lifestyle, you know, um, the best weed on the planet is grown in California, you know, so uh, especially, I mean, from north to south, I can't even say more in one or the other. It's just everybody smokes weed. But that doesn't mean that there aren't people that think that marijuana is still like a, a schedule one drug is as bad as crack and cocaine and heroin and it destroys lives and um, you know, it's ruining the country and, and it causes more crime, you know, and people that smoke weed are bad people and lazy pieces of shit with no drive that uh, just sit around playing video games all day. And some of that shit is true. <laughs> some of it is true, you know, so I think there's a bunch of sides to every story. So um, I think it's just as polemic here, if not more so, than anywhere else. Because I think in a lot of other places, it's just like weed is bad. If you smoke it, you're a criminal. Um, if you sell it, you're even worse. Here, like, weed is becoming just like, you know, cigarettes and, and coffee and alcohol. Slowly but surely. People are realizing that, you know, you're not hurting anybody smoking weed. And you actually... The economy actually benefits when you regulate it and tax it and reinvest that tax money into, you know, the community. Colorado is a perfect example of that, you know. I think the first, I don't want to mess up the numbers, but I think the first year that they started taxing, I think it was medicinal and recreational marijuana sales, the first year they... I think they grossed $33 million in tax revenue. And I think $3 million of that went to the Colorado public school system. I shouldn't say Colorado because that's the state. I don't know which school system it went to. But it went to the school system. And um, maybe that's like a fairy tale story, but still it's, it's an example of instead of criminalizing it, and uh, literally putting people behind bars, behind ca in cages, 
for smoking weed, uh, I think it's a much it's much more advantageous to to tax it, you know, legalize it, and put an age on it, just like alcohol and cigarettes, and educate people on what it actually is, you know, instead of just blacklisting it for whatever fucking political campaign you got going on. That's just the way I feel about it. Um, but I will say, like, it's it's a lot to it, you know. I'm not I'm not like a fucking I'm not a an expert on the ganja plant or nothing like that and all its intricacies. But what I'm saying is, like, marijuana is different for everybody. It affects everybody differently. You and I might smoke the same joint. And it'll have an effect on me, but it'll have a different effect on you. I may love it and you may hate it. And you may never want to do it again. You know? Uh, we may both love it for different reasons, right? And there's different types of weed too, right? You may not notice, but you might think that smoking weed is the same thing as smoking weed. And that's the same thing as smoking weed. But that's not always the case. Just because you're smoking weed doesn't mean you're smoking weed. You feel me? Like, there's there's indica, right? So there's three, let me break it down. There's three uh, strains of marijuana. All right, so you have indica, sativa, and then you have your hybrids, which is a mixture of indica and sativa. You know, and there's a million and one different ways to mix the two, Right? So indica, typically, is the type of weed that um, is going to give you a really heavy high. You know, you're going to feel it from head to toe all th throughout your body. You know, it's good, like, for relaxing your muscles and, like, sitting on the couch and not doing shit all day. <laughs> you know, or if you're, if you're really tired, you smoke some indica, you're, you're going to go to sleep. You smoke enough indica, you're going to sleep. You know, it's just really heavy. Uh, it's definitely not for everybody. And that's a generalization of indica. But then you got sativa, which is like, think of, hmm, think of indica like alcohol, like whiskey. And think of sativa like espresso or vodka. One's a, one's a downer, one's an upper. That's probably a bad analogy, but indica will sit you down and sativa more than likely will, you know, get you up. You know, it, it's you, you become, at least me, more energetic. Uh, you want to talk and interact or just do something like you, you can get work done and focus better. Um, yeah, there's just an energy about it. It's not a heavy high. It's more like all up in the head between the ears. You know what I'm saying? And then you got your hybrids, which is like a mixture of the two, like I said. So you can really get groovy with your, your combinations and stuff, you know. Or you can mix indicas with indicas and sativas with sativas. It's just so many different, man, like by now, people are so creative. They've mixed together so many different strands of weed that just, you know, whatever you're looking for, they've got it there somewhere. Just ask. Like, you you can, for those of you that don't know, like, you can, there are certain places in the country, California, for example, Colorado, I think Washington, D.C., or Baltimore, or I think it was Washington, D.C., I can't remember, maybe Maryland, um, Washington State, and a few others. You can go to a store, just like a, you know, like any other store. Normally, they're inconspicuous, like a building that looks like any other. Like if you're driving past it, you wouldn't even know it was there. You would never have any idea what's going on inside there. And um, you walk in, there's a receptionist um, who really, you know, you just show your ID. They look at your ID. If you And you have to fill, the first time you go, you have to fill out a form, you know, your new patient form, because it's a clinic. 
It's a clinic, right? And um, you have to fill out the doctor's form. You give it to the, the receptionist. You show your ID. And then you just walk past the desk. And they're like these glass cases. You know, like if you've ever been to a jewelry store and you walk in and they've got like the long rectangular glass cases with all the um, the necklaces and the rings and stuff in there. It's just like that, except there's nothing but jars of weed, just ounces and ounces and ounces of weed. And, uh, well, they got other stuff too, like Rice Krispie treats with weed in them, um, cookies, lollipops, lemonade. Um, they've got pre-rolled marijuana, so you don't even have to, or if you don't know how to roll it, maybe buy it pre-rolled. It's normally not high-quality weed, so if you ever come to the U.S., Stay away from pre-rolls, you know? If they're giving them away for free, you probably don't want to smoke it. Just my advice to you. Because weed is expensive, all right? Uh, it's a very, very expensive plant. So they're not just giving that shit away. You know what I'm saying? That's any product. If they're giving it away for free... Just think about it, all right? Uh, anyway, I remember, like, going back to the the polarity. I'm not sure if that's the right word. Yeah, the polarity of opinion on marijuana, at least in the U.S. Like, I'm totally fine with it, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I've been smoking for quite some time. So, for me, it's, it's no big thing, but... Every place I've lived, all my neighbors have hated me from the time I arrived to the time I left just because of the amount of weed I smoke, you know, and how often. And, uh, you know, I, I I really don't know what to tell my neighbors or anybody, really. It's like, look, I, I, I can't smoke in my apartment, right? It's against the rules. So I got to smoke on the balcony or the or the patio. If you don't and if you don't know the difference between balcony and patio, in my mind, a patio is on the first floor. And in the United States, the first floor is the ground floor. You see what I'm saying? I know in other countries sometimes the first floor is what we call the second floor, which is the first floor that's not Touching the ground. We call that the second floor. Anyway, the patio is typically on the first floor, on the earth, on the ground. Balcony meant, means that you went upstairs, and now you're on a floating a floating patio, which we call a balcony. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, um, that's where you got to smoke. I mean, what do you expect me to do? What do you, Like, before... Before becoming a smoker, I guess, like, cigarette smoke, I guess, bothered me. It's kind of annoying, but I never really had a problem with it. But once I became a smoker, I just understood, like, I get it. Like, weed smoke smells, it's strong, man. It smells like somebody ran over a skunk and then defecated on that and then put it in the microwave and then left it on your doorstep, right? I get it. But what do you expect me to do? Like leave the premises? Leave the property every time I just want to hit the blunt real quick? Like, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Tell the landlord to just let me smoke in here, take out the smoke detectors, and, and we're good. But that's actually, you know what, that's not true because I remember I was living in San Diego and... Uh, I didn't like having to go outside to smoke, and it bothered the neighbors. So I was like, you know, fuck it. Smoke in the bathroom. Just put a towel under the door, you know what I'm saying? And we'll smoke in here, turn the fan on. And uh, that was going cool for about a week. But then one day I'm smoking in the bathroom, and I hear this, this knock on the door. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm thinking it's like the landlord or somebody. 
So I go to the door and it's uh, this lady and she's saying, hey, like, are you smoking in your apartment? And I was like, um, um, what? She was like, yeah, like I live upstairs and I can smell like weed smoke in my bathroom. I was like, oh, yeah, my bad. I'll, I'll, I'll take it outside. Just, yeah, thanks. So that was the end of smoking in the bathroom. So what do you expect me to do? I go on the balcony. But then, you know, it smells up the entire complex. The entire place smells like weed. Imagine every day you come home and just, oh, yeah, he's, he's uh, burning down the tree again. If you're not a smoker, it gets annoying. But, like, dude. And you know what they should do? Like, when, when you live in a, like, people that own big apartment complexes. I'm talking like 100 units, 100 plus, multiple buildings, a comp- uh, apartment complex. Um, they should just have one or two buildings designated for smokers. Like, these are the apartments we let people smoke only in these. So have at it. And you pay 20 to 50 extra dollars a month so I can buy a new carpet and paint the walls every once in a while to keep, you know, so the fucking smoke doesn't seep into the the frame of the building type thing, you know? Everybody wins. But if you took out the, the smoke detectors from the apartments, which you, you would have to do, then you increase the chance of, like, undetected fires. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're smoking weed, you might fall asleep with the weed in your hand. And then, you know, this is unlikely, but it ha- it's happened, you know, or even cigarette smokers. You fall asleep with the shit in your hand and then your apartment catches on fire and nobody's alerted and then just apartment after apartment after apartment just burns. Imagine you're like sleep at home. There's no smoke detectors in your entire building and the apartment next to yours is just burning the fuck down and it's coming your way. <sighs> Jesus. So maybe the smoker's only apartment isn't the best idea. I don't know. I don't know. But in a lot of places, man, smoking weed is absolutely fine. You know? Like Amsterdam. Just, hey, it's cool. It's whatever. Other places, it's like fucking heroin. So, again, it depends on where you are. And that's all I got to say about that. Um, I don't know. Eventually, like, look at it this way. It used to be taboo. In some places, it still is. But it's changing. It's progressing over time. Slowly but surely. Another 50 years, there's no way. It's not legal in, in every state. Except maybe, like, Mississippi or Texas. I don't know. Um... I think eventually they're going to be delivering weed to your front door. And matter of fact, they actually, they already do that to a certain extent. Like in certain places, like California, for example, you don't even have to leave your house to get weed anymore. You don't even have to have a doctor's recommendation anymore. There are businesses, you know, you call them up just like Pizza Hut. Like, hey, man, I like seven grams of this and, you know, a couple of those. Uh, you know, like the the edibles, Laffy Taffy's, man. Used to love them things. Just call them up, order them up. They'll be like, yeah, it'll be about an hour, hour and a half, hour and a half. Um, and it'll be this much. They tell you the price and everything. There's an there's an app on the iPhone. Look at the menu of what you want. You call them up, tell them this is what I want, and they bring it to your door. You put cash in their hands, they put a brown paper bag with weed and candy in it in your hands, and you go your separate ways. Same way you order a pizza and make that transaction happen. You know what I'm saying? That's reality in some places. And that's just the culture. So, I don't know, man. Really rambling here. I think that's uh, a good place to cut it for the weed talk. Maybe I'll spend an entire episode talking about weed. 
Maybe not. Another man, another thing I wanted to talk to you about, man. I've been wanting to tell you about this all week. So about a week ago, I'm stepping out onto my balcony. I'm about to have a quick smoke. And I live on the third floor. So I'm looking down at the parking lot. And I see this car not parked in the space, but sort of just stopped, you know, not in the street, but where you drive. You know what I'm saying? So you think, okay, you know, probably waiting to pick somebody up. You know, somebody is either about to get out the car or they're waiting for somebody to get in the car, you know. So I go on about my business and uh, I'm sitting there, I'm chilling, I'm smoking. And a, a good amount of time is going by, like I'm almost finished with my joint. And uh, the car, like I can still hear the car engine. So I'm like, oh, okay. This dude been sitting here for a minute now. <laughs> like, what's up, man? So, so I'm on my feet at this point. And like I said, I can look down at the entire parking lot. And I'm just sort of, um, I'm uh, looking out because I can see like the freeway. I can see everything. So I'm just sort of looking out. But I'm also looking at this car right here. Like, what's, what the hell is this car sitting here for? And it's really none of my business. I'm probably just high and paranoid. But um, I want to say like, not even three minutes later, this tow truck pulls up into the parking lot. And I shit you not, this tow truck did a three-point turn. One to back up. The second turn was to back in and, like, get the what they call the skates under the vehicle it was about to tow. And then the third motion was to leave the parking lot. Like, less than 10 seconds, this tow truck came in and left with somebody's vehicle. For what reason? Obviously, I have no idea. But I'm sitting there like, oh, shit. Like, I almost couldn't believe, I was like, bro, did this just, did that just happen? Did, did that just happen? Like, just pulled up, zoom, 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 gone. Just in the quiet of the night, bro. Can you, like, can you imagine? You imagine your sleep, long, long day at work. You had a long day at work, man. Boss was giving you shit. You know, you don't like your fucking colleagues. You, they they talk too much. They're always gossiping about shit. Never talk about anything. You know, you gotta deal with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta fucking deal with that all day. Asshole customers too that you're paid to deal with. And then you come home. And then, you know, you got to fucking clean and shit. Then you got to cook dinner and you got to study. And blah, blah, blah. You had a long day, right? Come home, you take a shower. Ease into bed. Yeah, that's good. And you just fade away into sleep. You just fade away. Meanwhile, somebody's outside stealing your fucking car. Jeez. Like, there's, like, that type of, it's like a violation, you know what I'm saying? Somebody steal your shit while you're sleeping. It's a pussy move. That's a pussy move, bro. And if you think about it, like, tow trucks, the people that drive tow trucks are the only people that are, like, legally allowed to steal your car they get paid to steal cars that's what repo people do they just steal cars all day it doesn't matter what the situation it doesn't even matter maybe you missed a payment maybe you didn't maybe they made a mistake maybe they got the wrong car it doesn't fucking matter if your license plate comes across their desk we're fucking take them down go get them and that's your car on skates behind some fucking I don't know just a, a violation man I remember when I got my car towed man like I we were living in Jonesboro Georgia and at the time like I didn't have to I didn't pay like my car payment physically I didn't have to worry about it my dad paid all of the bills you see what I'm saying so I didn't think every month oh I gotta make this payment 
And um, I don't know if like he forgot or what happened, but the bill didn't get paid uh, a particular month. So they said he missed his payment, like go get the car. You see what I'm saying? Because when you finance a car, you pay every month, obviously. And uh, that's what they did. They came and got the car. And I'll probably never forget this, man. I was like, it was probably 11 or 12 at night, if I remember correctly. And uh, I'm asleep, middle of the night. And all of a sudden, my mother comes busting in the room. Boom. Anthony, Anthony, they took it. They took it. They took it. I mean, she's like hysterical. Hysterical. And I'm I'm just waking up. And I'm like, yo, you, you can't, you know what I'm saying? You have to speak English, bro. Like, what are you trying to say? She's like, they took your car. They took your car. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? So I, pew, I'm down the stairs. I run down the stairs. Do, 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 do. And I bust out the door, and all I see is, like, the uh, the skid marks that tires leave. You know what I'm saying? All I see is skid marks all the way down the driveway. Just the, the, the fucking feeling, knowing that you were sleeping and somebody was out there, to you know, just scheming. They rode past real slow. Yeah, that's the house right there. Yeah, yeah, that's the house. What number is that? Eight four six one. Yeah, that's the house. That's the bro. What is that a? Is that a Nissan? That's the car. Hey, hey, found the car. Found the car. Word to Central. We found the car, and then they just fucking, vroom, and then they're gone. It's that quick. That quick. And they got your shit, man. That quick. You can't do nothing. Can't do anything about it. I don't know, man. It's something about like doing it while you're sleeping. That's the thing. I think that's what gets me. It's the same reason I'm afraid of getting married, you know? Any committed relationship where you're sleeping with this person every night, but also living with this person every every day, you know? Because um, your partners, man, they, they're fucking annoying, right? They, they get on your nerves sometimes. You guys fight. And the problem is, like, you can't, men and women fight differently. And I'm generalizing here, but men and women, like, you can fist, men can fist fight. Get mad, get in an argument. If it gets to that point, you can put your hands on each other and, it, and it's, it's, it's okay, you know? Nobody's going to fucking call the cops or you're not going to lose your job or no shit like that. Um, and it's cool, man to man, as it should be, right? But, um... The thing is, like, sometimes you get in an argument with the woman and you you, you want to just, you know, you're not going to, obviously, but you want to, right? But you can't. So in those situations, like, women, they know how to fight, like, psychologically. They know how to get in your head. They fight verbally and psychologically, you know, whereas men are prone to fight more physically, I think. So women have the advantage in that situation, you know? And uh, just um, let me put it this way. Let me give you an example because I'm not trying to attack the ladies. That's not my intention. I'm just saying. This is a fear I have. Like you have a fight with your girl, right? Some awful shit was said. You said some awful shit. She She said some awful shit. And... um, you know, you go to sleep angry at each other in the same bed. Only thing is, she didn't go to sleep. She was just sitting there waiting. Waiting for you to fall asleep. Right? And you got one of those, like, Tempur-Pedic mattresses. So when uh, when she gets out of bed, you don't even know it. She just slides out of bed. Eases on down to the kitchen. And grab fucking who knows what. Name any kitchen utensil that's sharp. You know? She creeps back up to the bedroom. 
fucking just like imagine the fucking mindset that you have to be in. You know? You go downstairs and grab like let's say what do you call it the uh, the steak knife or what the steak knife. You know? And you're on your way back upstairs to like Just imagine, man. So this is me. Imagine fucking me. I'm the husband. I'm sitting there asleep. And she's and she's just tiptoeing back to the bed. She's got that, not even a steak knife. She's got like a butcher's knife in her hand, just ready to chop my esophagus out of my body, chop my head off of my body. You understand? Off my shoulders. In my sleep. Matter of fact, not even that because I'd wake up, you know, and maybe put up a fight unless she got me with one good shot, you know. But you know, she goes and gets she goes and gets the Glock out of the nightstand or the closet or wherever you keep it, right? She goes and gets the gun, right? She cocks that motherfucker back, and she's just standing there. She's just standing there with this gun three inches from your fucking eyebrows. Just contemplating. Matter of fact, she's done contemplating. She's made her decision. She's just, she doesn't even know why she's waiting. Right? Till finally she's just like, fuck it. Boom. And that's the end of you. That's my fear. That's why I probably never get married. Because if I do, my wife's going to kill me in my sleep. So, try my best to avoid that. I've had trust issues for a long time now, you know? Long time. I was sheltered as a kid. Didn't get out much. So, I'm just like, you know, paranoid by nature. Shout out Bill Burr. Um... Yeah, man. So I'm, I'm a, you know, a little neurotic, right? So I'm just, like, I'm the type of guy, I assume guilt until innocence is proven, you know? That's the type of guy I am. Uh, I don't know who to thank for that neuroses. It's not a neuroses. It's like a, it's like a really bad cognitive bias. Um, but yeah, so paranoid, right? I just naturally like, you know, naturally, uh, think people are out to get me sometimes. Sometimes they are, but not always. So uh, I'd be tripping sometimes, right? So I think that's where the fear comes from. Just trust issues in general. Uh, and just because I've seen, like, man, I've seen, I've witnessed and, like, heard so many stories about the things that people do to each other, my own capacity for evil, you know? I think that's really what it is. It's like the the knowledge, hold the knowledge of my own personal capacity for evil and then assuming that the same amount or more is in the person that's sitting across from me. And it's not every person. I don't think it's every person I look at like that. But, you know, uh, I'm always aware of that. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes when you go looking for it, you see it everywhere, even if it's not there. So I think that's partly what it is. I spent way too much time alone when I was growing up. And now probably. That's not always a bad thing though, you know? Like, um, I think spending time alone is necessary. But like anything else, you gotta you gotta moderate. Cause I think solitude solitude in a way can be drug-like, you know, it can be like a drug, it can be addictive, for sure, because it's like, 
if if you especially if you're the type of person that that uh prefers to be alone you maybe don't interact well with people or you you know um whatever the reason you just prefer to be alone and then you stop seeing a reason to to seek how can i put this once you spend some time alone and you know you get to know yourself you just start spending time with yourself um you may not like or love everything about yourself but you know you might find out that you like yourself or that it's just easier to be yourself because you know you don't feel pressure to perform or act for anybody or or you know be happy or whatever it is you know you can just be you you can just let it all hang out you know what i'm saying there's nobody there to judge or comment or observe or interfere or whatever um that that type of solitude that type of um that type of hmm i don't know just that time with yourself i think can be really addictive because it it's, it feels good to just be able to be yourself and not have to worry about anybody else or deal with other people, other personalities or you know just people that want to do different things at different times. If it's just you, all you have to worry about is you. And that can be liberating and it can be fun, um can be an adventure. Um but like I said, you need that in moderation. It can be a bad thing too can be a very bad thing, you know. If you if you don't have discipline, if you and if you don't really have any type of control over your mind, it can be a very bad thing. Spending too much time alone cuz you just you, you know I think I'm not I'm not a, a psychiatrist nor a psychologist nor an anthropologist, but I I think that you know, humans we're like communal creatures like we need to interact with each other we're kind of like wired that way so when you sort of stop interacting with other people you kind of lose touch with what we collectively call reality you know cuz that's really in a way i think in a way other people are kind of like measuring sticks in a good way and a bad way but what i'm saying is when you talk to other people when you interact with other people you tell each other stories you kind of you kind of gauge where you fall by interacting with other people you kind of gauge your position in any given environment at all times i think we just naturally do that right so your environment kind of gives you feedback on your behavior. You see what I'm saying? If you do something outlandish or crazy, the people around you are going to react to that in a in a particular way, right? So you sort of act and then your environment reacts and then you react to your environment's reaction type thing. So when it's just you No, let me back up. Based on that reaction based on that reaction you sort of can gauge like i said where you fall like if you did something you know terrible people are going to let you know about it most of the time and you can either it's it's just feed it's information you understand what i'm saying so when you take yourself out of an environment where there's outside stimuli giving you feedback you you don't have any reference point. You see what I'm saying? You don't have anything to base what's going on inside of your head off of. You don't have any, you know. You know how like when you're you're thinking about something and then you have a friend that you can talk to and you're just talking to them, you get it all out of your mind into another person's head and then they tell you what they think about it just so you can get an outsider's opinion. 
and they can tell you, bro, you're crazy, you're tripping. Or they can tell you, yeah, man, you're right, you might be onto something. And it doesn't matter if they're right or wrong, it's just a different opinion that might be able to open your eyes and let you know, hey, I'm fucking, I'm tripping here. So when you don't have that and it's just you, man. If you, if, bruh, if you spend any amount of time alone, you know the amount of places that your mind can wander to, right? So, I mean, that's why it's solitary confinement is a punishment. You know, you put somebody in a, in a box, a metal box, the size of a, a closet, you know, for 23 hours a day. You're going to lose their fucking minds, you know? I think we all know that. I don't even know why I tried to break it down scientifically. I think we all just know that. Like, you're just not meant to be sitting there alone. Your mind will just fucking sit. It'll, you, it'll, your mind will destroy itself, man. For real. So, alone time, I think you need to moderate it. It's definitely, definitely important, you know? To reflect on things where you've been where you are and where you're going and I don't mean to be cliche and corny it sounded really bad but for real like every once in a while to stop and just think about what it is you're doing who it is you are who it is you want to be um, just all types of things man I think what's got me thinking about that right now is I just started listening to uh, this audiobook, Think and Grow Rich, by Napoleon Hill. And I haven't, obviously haven't listened to the the whole book yet, but um, basically the concept is, if you can imagine it, if you can really see it in your mind, then you can transform that into your reality. And it sounds mystic and, you know, corny, like something you'd hear at 2 a.m., you know, on your TV from somebody who wants nineteen ninety nine, but um, that's the concept of the book. That's the concept: is if you can think it, you can make it happen. And it's sort of just—it's a uh, making me stop even more to think. You know, what am I thinking about? Because really, you know, you focus. What you focus your thoughts on, what you sit and ponder and think about the things that you do, that's what's most important to you. If you want to know what you want, then just look at what you've been doing and it'll tell you what you're moving towards. You know, your actions define your priorities, right? So it's making me stop and uh, question, you know, what am I doing and what's important to me? You know? Like, what is it I want? What do I imagine for myself? Um, what do I want for my life? What does it really look like, you know? Got to create, like, a detailed, high-resolution resolution, uh, image of what I want things to be like so that I can actually make a plan to um, manifest that here in my reality, you know? And um, I was thinking, like, man, what do I want? Short term, my goal is to basically get as good as I can at teaching English to people, you know, as a foreign language and um, gain enough students to where I can teach, you know, full time and not have to work my day job anymore. That's the, the short term goal. That's what I'm going to do first, you know, to where that would allow me to do something that, you know, I don't, I enjoy my day job. Like the type of, I mean, I work at Life Touch as a photographer, not in which really isn't a photographer, but it's fun. You know what I'm saying? It's cool. It's a cool day job to keep, but um, it's not what I want to do for what, 30, 40 hours a week when I could be doing something else. You know what I'm saying? And it's really more than 30, 40 sometimes. So, um, Short term, that's the goal. That's what I'm going to do. And that would allow me to be, that will allow me to be um, 
location independent, you know what I'm saying? Because I can teach online from anywhere that I got a computer and an internet connection. So um, that means that I can travel throughout, you know, my country or to other countries and still be able to to uh, to work. You know what I'm saying? And I can still continue to podcast and create videos and stuff like that. And it just it's one less ball and chain um, attached to my ankle, you know, per, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Um, it'll also allow me to, like I said, travel and, you know, I can work on street photography at the same time. Like just work my schedule so that I can do both every day or this some days and that other days. But I get to decide, you know what I mean? And it's just really the best of both worlds. I can do everything I want to do, just lower my expenses. Um, yeah, just lower my expenses, really. Do everything I want to do and um, continue to support myself that way. So uh, and there's a lot more I want to do with Life in English, the the brand, the the company, the lifestyle, really. There's a lot more I want to do with that, but I definitely don't have the time to get into all of that right now. But that's the short-term goal, you know, to be able to teach English full-time from anywhere and also be able to work on photography, which is really like my first love, and play soccer whenever I want to, you know, travel when I want to, um, and work on the podcast, Life in English, and also Underdeveloped. Uh, if you've never heard of it, man, just go to YouTube, type in Underdeveloped Podcast. If you're interested in just listening to uh, just, you know, English conversation, most episodes are about two to three hours, and it's just like a long-form conversation that's being recorded. You know, we just go in deep into really any and every subject. Just a conversation between two people. The Underdeveloped Podcast, just... Search it on YouTube. Um, but that's really what I want to work on, too, short-term and long-term. Um, and, yeah, it's it's fun, though. It's just fun, podcasting. It's a lot of fun. Joe Rogan is what got me into podcasting, man. Um, just watching the Joe Rogan experience. I don't even remember how I got into his show. I don't remember when I became aware of it, but ever since I did, I watch it all the time, just like religiously. Um, if you haven't checked that out, go to YouTube, type in the Joe Rogan Experience. It's another great one to uh, to practice like your listening skills and listen to fascinating conversations. And that's why I like it so much is because on Joe Rogan's show, he just brings on all types of people like athletes and 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 neuroscientists and gun rights activists and everything in between, comedians, like all types of people. And they just talk and have in-depth conversations on all types of things. Like you might bring in a specialist on neuroscience and they have a three-hour conversation about neuroscience. But it's like between an expert and somebody who just wants to know more. So he's like asking questions for you and you just get back, you get to sit back and listen to all the answers. And it's just, you learn so much. And a lot of times you're entertained too. And um, I was just watching the way that uh, he would converse with his guests. You know what I'm saying? To be able to speak with for three hours with somebody, you know, in depth and keep their attention and they can keep your attention and you can keep the listener's attention, really. And they're not even aware of that part. But just to be able to have such great conversations time and time and time and time again with so many different people. Um it's like a real skill. It really is a skill to be able to converse well. You know what I'm saying? To talk to people. And to be able to talk to anybody is an invaluable skill. Especially if you want to travel the world. Especially if you want to start a business. If you want to be successful, period. You need to learn how to talk to people. You know? And um, that's something I realized even more watching and listening to his podcast. And it inspired me to want to learn and master that skill myself, which is why I started the Underdeveloped Podcast. 
um, to become a better conversationalist, to learn more, to interact with more people. And hopefully whoever wants to watch can learn as much and be as entertained as I am when I watch the Joe Rogan experience. You know what I'm saying? So I do it for you, Joe. I do it for you. But yeah, man, that's that's what I want to do. Like, I enjoy teaching. It's a lot of fun. And if I can make that a business, then I'm all for it, man. Um, I'm all for it, which would allow me to work on photography. I'm all for it. And also podcast and travel. I mean, that's play soccer. Those That's what I love to do. So those are the short-term goals. Structure and create a life in which I can do those things for a living. You know, I don't have to punch somebody else's clock. In long term, uh, I want to invest in real estate. I'm going to invest in real estate. You know, I want to own something. I mean, I'm going to own my own business, which is one thing, but I want to invest that revenue in property. Another subject I won't get into right now, but I, I'm going to own real estate and property and uh, create some real wealth for myself and the family that I might create one day, you know? Um, want to be financially free so that no matter what happens, if I don't want to or I can't work one day, I still, you know, have income producing assets. You understand what I'm saying? So... That's more of a long-term, short, long-term goal, you know? Definitely definitely long-term is to invest in real estate, which would allow me, you know, to do so much more. If I didn't have to work at all for money, you can just, you can do so much more. And it frees you up to do it so, so much more your way when you don't have that constraint. Because, I mean, everybody needs the money. Everybody needs a dollar, you know what I'm saying? So... Like I said, I won't get into why or the details of real estate, but that's a long-term goal. And then, to be honest, I'm not even going to go go on about all the dreams I have because those are the only things that I have, you know, plans for. The rest are just dreams, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I'm still working on shit. Even what I just mentioned, I'm still diligently working on the plans for all of that stuff. Just slowly but surely figuring it out. Just like you. You know, I'm no different from you, man. I'm not sure how I come across to anybody, but if you're listening to this, you know, I want you to know I'm no different from you. I don't know shit. Really don't. Just trying to figure it out. And um, I know it's hard, but uh, just like me, you can figure this shit out too. We all lost and, you know, we all struggle. We all got dreams, but uh, you can pursue them, man. You can pursue them. If the desire is there, you can, you can, you can make it happen. So, I think I'm gonna leave you with that, man. This has been another episode of Life in English. I'm your host Tony Kaizen, and I'll talk to you. Actually, nah, one more thing. I forgot to ask you, what is it that you want? That's what I want you to think about. If you've made it to the end of this episode, first of all, congratulations and thank you. But seriously, if you've made it this far and you're listening right now, think about it. What do you want out of life? I don't mean to be corny. I don't mean to be cliche, you know, high school assembly motivational speaker type shit that's not my intention here i'm serious though like stop and think what do i want you know ask yourself and then listen you know what i'm saying like listen to the answer just think about it because i know we see library but nigga just imagine felt the right to ask it we could make it happen Weaving through the traffic, I could take you back then. Everything I said I meant, I was never capping. I was never scared to stand. Front line with Mac 10s, raised to shoot at black men. Never felt the satisfaction. I seen the game collapsing. Collapsing? And they took the rules and whacked them. Started moving at a different frequency and it got me living lavish. While my partner steady passing, trying to wiggle through this madness. 
Trying to fight this gravity in time, I swear I could feel it pull me backwards. Putting thousands on their caskets. Trying to pick the right reactions. I appreciate the progress, but I'm so conflicted by the status. Almost forgot where I was going. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.